Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I live, work and create, the Kumbameri people of the Yungumbe Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past and present. Hello and welcome to A Nourish Woman, the podcast. I am your host, Mika Ray. This is a conversational series created to guide women towards a more true, whole, fulfilling and joyful way of living. Together with some truly incredible guests, we embrace what connects us to our vitality and some of the ways that we can nourish our minds, bodies and soul. A Nourish Woman represents a return to wholeness and reclamation of our innate wisdom, our body's intelligence, our appetite for life and our capacity for joy, play and pleasure. It's about moving beyond mere survival and embodying a nourishing and generative mode of living that is aligned with our values, our energy, our desires, and honors the season of life we are in. Thank you for being here. Enjoy. This conversation is mind-blowing. Today, I am joined by Corey from Natural Astrology. Corey is a holistic astrology mentor. She blends evolutionary astrology, somatic wellness, and hypnosis to do astrology differently by going through the body. Her focus is on taking people beyond just knowing about their astrology and into embodying it, using it as a life guidance system to navigate you into all of the gifts, opportunities, and abundance laying dormant in your natal chart. By blending it with the subconscious mind and autonomic nervous system, we're able to overcome the obstacles standing in the way of us unlocking it all, so we can become our higher selves. Corey says she loves this work because holistic solutions are so needed right now. Consciousness needs to evolve. Earth is in a constant state of perpetuating our own unconscious karma and trauma. And we're seeing this everywhere. If we want to progress and enter the age of Aquarius, personalized, holistic and practical spiritual solutions that actually work are absolutely essential for the well-being of humanity. I have been an active member inside AEM, Corey's Astrology Embodiment Mentorship, for the better part of this year. It is full of amazing resources for the nervous system the astrological soul cheat codes, the monthly energy reports, and the moon medicine sessions are phenomenal. And just a couple of weeks ago, I finally met with Corey for a natal chart synthesis. And all I can say is, wow, this woman truly has a gift. And it was one of the most affirming experiences I've ever had. In this conversation, we cover what evolutionary astrology is versus pop astrology, what it means to actualize our natal chart's highest potential, how astrology and the nervous system are interconnected. This one was, whoa. What building a business that holistically nourishes looks like for her, the importance of physical wellness, nutrition, and health as the foundations we need for the self-actualization we seek, through modalities like astrology, and so much more. I just know you will find this conversation expansive. I hope you enjoy. 
Okay, Corey, thank you so much for being here with me today. Um, the first question I want to ask you is one that I ask everyone, and it is, how would you describe the current season of life you're in? Mm, current season of life feels like a bit of a bit of an earthquake. <laughs> I feel like I'm going through <laughs> a big season of a big season of change. Um, mm. Life is trying to change me into the things I asked for and I can just see it's a little bit it's happening but I know it um mm. is having ha, ha, there's some disruption first mm. so that's what it feels like yeah mm. yeah I can relate to that for sure mm. um so I want to talk to you obviously um your work in the world or your kind of current role at the moment is an astro astrology embodiment mentor um, I want to ask you though, how and when did astrology come into your orbit? Mm. Um, it's a very interesting journey, me and astrology. Um, the first memory I ever have of astrology was in my was in my birth book. Um, my mum always had these records of my sister and I were from when we were when we were babies. I just remember opening my baby book and it said star sign Aquarius and that mm. moment is still burnt into my brain I think I must have been like eight or something like that and just being like Aquarius I wonder what that means and never forgot <laughs> what that means and then only um up until I didn't really dabble with it until the age of 19 I'm 31 mm. now and my ex-partner introduced me to the sun moon and rising through this book mm. called the secret language of relationships um and since then it's sort of been an ongoing experiment of yeah of of self learning astrology mm. I love that I love that your mum wrote that in a book I have mm. my my mum is is what I would describe as a, a hippie so we definitely spoke about astrology from a pretty young age but I love that yeah I just love that you had that in your book that's so special yeah, and that your mum felt it was really relevant to yeah. write, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even though at the time <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay," but in hindsight, the fact I still remember reading that, I think, mm. yeah, it's imprinted. Yeah, mm. I love that so much. Um, and so obviously, I've kind of described what you're doing at the moment, and I'd love for you to share kind of the journey you've been on from when you first discovered astrology to your work now. Oh yeah. Wow. 19 up until now has been, it's felt like multiple different lifetimes in, in one. I have mm. shifted from a very lost and codependent and unwell and clinically and chronically depressed person um, mm. to the to, to a 180 if I'm honest um feeling like I'm in the driver's seat of my life and just feeling lit up and purposeful and mm. that I'm I've designed a life that I intentionally created and that journey was it felt like trying to get to this point um was almost impossible in in hindsight I can see that I was always trying to create a life that I have now but it just felt mm. like I was just up against so many hurdles of my own 
traumatic imprints, karmic imprints, just seeking something but not quite knowing how to get there. And the more I leaned in or lent into my um, self-healing journey, um, Mm -hmm. the more I discovered about myself and the more I was able to understand how to meet my own needs and the more I experimented with that, understanding what my needs were and being Mm. willing to get it wrong in meeting those needs, that's where I sort of built up this fluency in um, understanding what my mind, body and soul need. But God knows it was a a mission, um, Mm. a dangerous mission at some points trying to get here, but I made it. (laughs) You did. Um, And it continues on. Exactly. There's no There's specific always... destination. Yeah, yep. it's like it's ongoing. Yep, it's ongoing. Um, so I know that you you mentioned about because I just I think it's relevant to talk. We don't have to go into like really specific details, but I think it's relevant to speak about the fact that you were so unwell. And I suppose what you at one point and what you put that down to, like you mentioned the imprints. Um, so I just I love for you to expand a little bit on that because I think a lot of people can relate. We hear a lot about conditioning. Um, but even if you wanted to give us like a little bit of an explanation on karmic imprints as well, Mm. that's another thing. We hear the word karma and people have lots of different ideas of what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so much there. Um, my journey of moving from, and I, and I say unwell in a couple of different ways, like started off even in my infancy, just lots of things wrong with me. Mm. Um, just uh, like health related things, just wrong from the day I came mm. out of the womb. Um, in, in, in my first week of life, having just problems, needing to go to the hospital, taking antibiotics in my first week of life, setting up sort of mm. my trajectory for my adult health um, was just a rocky start. So it was kind of those sorts of themes for as long as as long as I can remember, just skin issues, gut issues, just mm. a, a constant hum of anxiety and panic, even within my child self, just never really quite feeling settled or what I now know is as regulated. Um, and just mm. always, yeah, this inner inner feeling of unease um, reflected mm. in my body and within my mind. So it was mm. that kind of just constant something is wrong. And mm. by the time I hit, I think would have been about 13, 12 or 13, um, going through puberty, brain development, emotional development, um, just the challenges of like growing up and socializing mm. and being a teenager, becoming a teenager, that is when the 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 impact on the mental, my mental health was became most prominent and it just spiraled, mm. just completely mm. spiraled, which made sense with the um, experiences I had when I was younger, which made sense with the experiences that my mum had with me when she was pregnant. She was mm. just incredibly distressed and anxious and going through her own um, trauma responses from the things that happened to her growing up. And it's just... Mm. The, um, inherited generational cycle that yeah by the time I hit puberty it was just spiraling into really really 
dark lows and mm. and I know mental health is you know in in twenty twenty three mental health is so easy to speak about like it's just mm-hmm. especially now with with social media um it's become so front so front and center which i love but back then i had i was 12 i had no mm. idea what i was going through my parents didn't know um what i was going through all i knew is that it, i just felt this existential burden of everything yeah. was difficult and uh for a 12 or 13 year old to get to the point of suicidal ideation at 12 or 13 mm. is pretty damn young and mm. in hindsight I, I now know that that can only happen when the prior circumstances are quite dire so yeah I can, I can make sense of that now but yeah back then for her I for that version of me I just think it's a wonder you made it out alive to be honest but mm. um, and now with the tools that I have and the context that I have especially having discovered astrology especially having discovered mm. like root cause healing subconscious healing somatic healing these things that I'm so obsessed with now I can see I have I have context to understand where that came from and what the what the point of it I suppose or for lack of better wording was mm. and especially when you say uh traumatic and karmic imprints look the traumatic imprints for me i'm such an open book with this stuff because i it's it's part of it's part of my natal chart i'm a very very expressive <laughs> and honest person but i also just think it doesn't make sense to hide these concepts it just doesn't make sense to me but um these traumatic mm. imprints of generational trauma that goes back i could not even tell you how mm. long but even my mm grandparents who are alive today just growing up in in um, mediterranean europe just dire poverty in mm. war in fascist governments um my grandma my grandmother was had had her sixth daughter who was stolen by the spanish government my maternal my paternal um grandparents were living in then yugoslavia trying to live in just this constant state of war in fear of the Soviet Union. Um, they only knew how to exist in a constant state of fear and survival. And survival, yeah. Yeah, so of course, naturally, um, passing that on to my parents was inevitable. In- inevitable. We retain these things in our, in our genes. And um, mm. although my parents did the best that they could to, to break those cycles, there's genetically that imprint still carries on until mm. there's work done and so that mm-hmm. I can absolutely just see the cycles of feast and famine in myself um the impact on my mental and physical health um so many little remnants like that but then when I contextualize it through the natal chart and the karmic imprints I like to think of karma as karma sort of sort of gets a bit of a bad rap like it's the universe punishing us or it's like what goes around comes around Mm. it it kind Mm. of is and it in my perspective i'm a karmic evolutionary astrologer it also kind of isn't it's kind of uh i Mm. like to think of it more of more as being the universe keeping energetic balance keeping things trying to Mm. achieve stasis at all times and Mm -hmm. 
oftentimes the way it has to go about correcting those energetic imbalances is by shifting the scales at the complete opposite end to essentially force resolution, to force energetic balance. And that mm. karmic burden fell on me in ways that <laughs> that, that make a, a lot of sense now in um some of the imprints in my in in things like my south node in my saturn placement my chiron placement um pluto placement all these parts of the chart that i can now see um were sort of messages from my mm. past lives my ancestors to come to earth to break those cycles and here i am mm. really breaking them mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can relate. Also think it's like that. I always think of it as like a little knock at the door, a little nudge, you know, <laughs> not mm. so little actually sometimes when we really yeah. need it. Bit of a shove. Um, yeah, a bit of a shove, yeah. But I think necessary, um, although it doesn't always feel that way. Mm. And I suppose it's only when you know and you can, you know, hindsight is obviously twenty twenty. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, being able to look back and understand, have an understanding Um, I wanted to just ask you what you think, because I think, and I was having a discussion actually with a friend about this recently. Um, what, what do you think was the main catalyst? Because there are a lot of people who will more than likely continue with the stories they have, um, those imprints and maybe never necessarily understand the nudges and the shoves as we described them before um, and may not make the shifts. What, what, like, what is the difference do you think between that situation and like with you, like what was the catalyst? What, what kind of pushed you in this direction do you think, or to actually draw the line in the sand and say like, what, what's happening now is not working for me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, it's certainly an epidemic of people who are so disconnected from what their minds, bodies, and souls need that they just don't mm. ever meet those needs or or feel the urge to go down a path of self-healing or deconditioning. Um, I genuinely believe this is what is plaguing humanity. I, genu- mm. I genuinely believe it's at the crux of, mm. if not every problem that, that the human mm. society faces. Um, for me... And now, again, I have this context because I see it in my natal chart as well. I have this mm. painful depth of of self-awareness and introspection. Mm. I, <laughs> I have this, um, this, this relentless, just <laughs> compulsive nearly need to to think and understand and mm. and mentally process my experiences. I have a lot of air in my chart and that's just how these signs work. Um, they mm. need to mentally understand. And I have some Pluto eighth house scorpionic energies that combine with that, that just make intellectual obsession, depth, need to know. And I, I, I it, back then it sort of felt like a curse because it was, um, obsessive and I, I would mentally spiral and I would feel mm. depths but that that need to understand it and um to the root is also what drove me to resolve it so mm. um, and now it's one of my gifts it's one of my skills I help my clients mm. do this so it's part and parcel but um situationally 
I remember more than anything it drastically just impacting my relationships and mm. and my career as sort of like a side note I was less focused on it because my relationships were just so fucked um mm. my relationships with my family I from that from that age around 12 or 13 I could, I could barely hold a conversation with my parents and my sister I could barely mm. look at them in the eye I was just filled with this internal resentment and rage and I was a, honestly looking back I'm like I was a fucking horrible person to be around it was just I was so filled with just disgust about my family and I didn't know why I had no tangible reason why um mm. looking back I do understand why it is so clear to me to me because I've done that work to to identify yeah. it but back then it was just I didn't know. I I I just hated them. I just hated them with mm. no real reason. And then that lack of attunement um, to my my family, to my primary caregivers, to my 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 heart and my home essentially translated to trying to seek that attunement and connection in relationships that weren't right for me, in all the wrong places, mm. and drugs and partying and boys and and terrible long-term relationships that um, ended up consuming me, and I was—I I felt like I was nothing without without them because it was mm. filling up my cup in ways that young Corey just could never be met by her family, or, or felt that she couldn't. So mm. those relationships just um, and and experiences just started to break me down. I had no understanding of who I actually was, what I valued how to take care of myself, how to meet my own needs beyond my partner meeting my needs for me. Um, and so there was that, definitely that that piece, an ex-relationship, ex-partner that was just incredibly toxic and abusive. But the flip side to that was my relationship with my mum. I just, mm. it got to a point where my parents just said, you need to go and speak to someone to um, to get to the bottom of this because you living in our house with this relationship with your mother is unacceptable and mm. that um that moment was where it all turned around i for me i think so i ended up seeing who at the time was a phd student in clinical psychology and uh she sort of mapped helped me map all of my traumas and parts of self and problems for lack of better wording and with time helped me identify what was really going on what needs were unmet in me helped me harness the safety to leave this ex-partner mm. um, begrudgingly and very unwillingly but still eventually being able to do that and she is now still all these years later, 12 years later, um, still my primary mental health, I suppose, mm -hmm. support person. Um, it's It was that that she, she sort of introduced me to um, subconscious therapies and parts, mm -hmm. parts work and mm -hmm. EMDR and um, hypnosis and somatic work and that getting my, dipping my toes into that world just completely changed Everything. everything i yeah 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 got the relationship i needed with 
my family completely just perceived them completely differently. It was like night and day Mm. which went off. And now my relationships with my family, like I can't, I cannot imagine. Mm. I cannot imagine like even living, I I live 40 minutes away from them, but I can't imagine living further away from them. It's just, it's so core to my being and Mm. um, seeing I have a fourth, I have a fourth house stellium in my chart and family and home is such core, so, so core to my values. It's, it's no wonder that back then without those Mm. needs that life was awry for me. So that, yeah, just eventually doing that, that subconscious root cause work just changed everything. I, I truly would not be here with the skills that I have, um, with the lust for life that I have now. Yeah. Without being forced into those therapies back then. I love that. Thank you for being so honest. I really oh, appreciate it. I'm so I'm so glad to share. I wish more people would be sort of willing mm. to to mm. express go there. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's hard, but damn, it's just it's so liberating when you necessary. Do. Mm. It is. Yes, it is. Um, I'm. I really. I definitely want to speak about um the somatic work and how you interweave that into your your work. But what I would love for you to do is explain the differences between evolutionary astrology, which is what you work with, and what I think you would call pop astrology. <laughs> we all yeah. we all love a good kind of, you know, meme on Instagram where we feel seen slash attacked and, you know, we all like, have a good joke about it. I know you appreciate them as well. Yeah. But um, I would love for you to explain the difference because I think mm. it's really important. Mm. Look, yeah, pop astrology was my intro to astrology. I think and it's everyone's intro. <laughs> of course, like it's so accessible and it's so entry level, yeah. and it's a little bit of fun every now and then. You know, it's yeah, it's um a way of just quickly understanding yourself in mm-hmm. uh, indigestible bite sized chunks, and that is fun. I love I yeah. love meme. Um, yeah, <laughs> it. <laughs> It kind of helped me at the same time at the beginning of my journey understand the um, what I got from pop astrology back in the day at least was the ability mm. to, I remember a meme showed me that there is an evolved expression of a sign and that there is an unevolved expression of a sign. And I mm-hmm. still remember seeing that and being like, oh, this changes everything for me with astrology. Yeah. I didn't relate to so much of my Aquarius sun back in the day. And when I mm. got it, I was like, oh. but eventually though, these memes and yeah, mainstream astrology and um, astrology that is very predictive and doom and gloom and mm. boxing you into this one version of self I I just started to it just makes you feel it made me feel shit about myself to the point where I was Mm. like no I'm gonna investigate this and come to my own conclusions about what these things mean um so I think that's a good way to understand pop astrology it feels very prescriptive um yes Mm. yeah it feels like it you're being told who you are, even if you may not necessarily see those parts of self or relate to those parts of self. Um, 
and I find it is disempowering. It takes it takes you out of your your power. You're outsourcing mm. your own self understanding to a guru or someone online who claims that they that they know you better than you know yourself. And while these archetypes can be helpful for to help us understand who we are, I think the difference, yeah, with pop astrology is that it's I will describe your personality and there's no room for variation. There's no mm. room for mm. differentiation. Your your uniqueness, mm. even though there is an entire natal chart, you know, even with horoscopes and stuff like that, I have such a bone to pick with astrolo- with, with, with with horoscopes because mm. there's a whole damn birth chart there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. And, and I think that's something, you know, like for me as well, kind of doing my own research and getting into it a lot more is realizing that obviously there's the the big three as they call it but then all of the other planetary placements and then what houses they're in like this is also relevant you know like it matters and it changes the context Mm. um Mm. for the placement so and so dramatically and even when you get down into the super specific level of like aspects like if you are a sun in Leo, but you have Saturn in a square to your sun, you're probably not going to relate to being a Leo very much. So when mm. you're going to, if you scroll on Instagram and it's saying all of these, you know, calling Leos out hard, saying yeah. all these things and <laughs> thinking, is this me? Like that, that, that experience just isn't, it's not the full picture and it's only disempowering. No. But, um, no, that is. It just feels incomplete, I think. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's what sort of made me go, I call bullshit on this. (laughs) I'm seeking it that way. And the more I tried to understand what astrology isn't, the more I was drawn to astrologers who um, portrayed astrology in ways that made sense to me. And one of those teachers who led me towards that was Stephen Forrest. He is not the creator of evolutionary astrology. There is another guy, um, Jeffrey Wolf Green, who is credited sort of as the creator of evolutionary astrology, but Stephen Forrest really sort of pioneered it. Um, Mm. And it's all to do with the journey of the soul. It's very psychological. It's really leans into the concept of the higher expression of a sign and the lower expression of a sign. And that mm. that variation to me was just so freeing that we get to mm. be multi-faceted, full-spectrum humans. And I was Which like, makes sense. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> And this um, makes sense. It's like a spectrum that's, as you're describing it, I imagine like a a bit of a spectrum, you know, we kind of sit somewhere along that spectrum. Exactly. And of course, like when we think about the depths of the human experience and how different we all are and, oh, yeah, I mean, it makes so much sense that it wouldn't just be this is the way it is. Like how boring. Absolutely. (laughs) And, and, And at the end of the day, like two people could have the, to me it was evidenced by the fact that, Two people can have the exact same birth chart and be entirely different. Mm. I have two people mm. in my life who have who were born a day apart, 
um, and at the same time of the day. So therefore they have the same sun moon mm. rising, all of their houses in the same position. A couple of things are a bit different, like the aspects of the moon. Um, yeah. And they have complete, that they are completely different people. They could not be more different. And the only, the only explanation of that for me is the soul's journey. Like what did your mm. soul go through? What mm-hmm. past experiences um, was it conditioned by that it mm. is trying to decondition from in this lifetime? And the mm. only way we can do those things, decondition those things, is by accessing our free will. And free will is ultimately different for each person too. So mm. I think, um, the, yeah, the best way to explain evolutionary astrology is it thrives at the intersection of karma, soul, and free will. And mm. that blend to me just gave voice to everything that I needed to understand about the the human experience, um, understanding our purpose for coming to earth, our reason for incarnating, mm. how to prevent ourselves from living out the same old past life experiences that are no longer helping us but are only sabotaging us. Mm. And from that perspective, it's like once you mm. understand the karma, uh, the south node, the north node, the karmic patterns of the chart, then it becomes a question of not just what do you know, what does an Aquarius sun mean? The question starts to become, why did I incarnate with an Aquarius sun? Mm. What does that do for me? What does that give mm. me? And that that is something you can physically use in your reality. Like that is something you can use every single day to curate life experiences that are going to take you towards the version of self that you ultimately came here to be. And from that place, life just falls into place. To me, that is just like seeing it displayed like that. I was like, this is it. This is it. I've I've found the meaning to life. And (laughs) so simple, obviously. Um, But to me, yeah, they're, they're just worlds apart that and pop astrology yeah yes definitely especially now that you've kind of yeah really explained that that I can kind of feel I feel a body a body reaction to that for sure yeah I think so, we all have that kind of like oh this is how it's meant to be and we feel mm, it for a reason for sure mm. and I think it's like having that understanding than that self-awareness as you said that relentless I can oh my gosh I can so relate to that but when we start to experiment or get curious about things, I think this is kind of where it starts for people, for a lot of people is making significant change in their life or, yeah, just as I said, drawing a line in the sand, it is about getting curious, you know, and following those curiosities. Um, I'm interested to know, though, what you think about, so say we have a, an understanding of, of our astrology or, for example, even our human design. Um, is there, how can I frame this question? Is there a way, like, do you think that there are people who might kind of look into their astrology and be like, that's how I am. That's, that's how I need to move in the, you know, and, and then Mm. how do we know this just isn't coming out right. (laughs) What I mean is. It's like other stories or imprints that we've had, right? So say we look into our astrology chart and then we say, look, I'm an Aquarius sun. 
or for example, me, I'm a cancer son. So this means this. And even if we have a, a more broader understanding of our astrology chart, um, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, do we take that as kind of Bible and move forward? Is it a way, is it just a tool in our kind of toolkit where it helps guide us, you know, like mm-hmm. you were saying on our path and helps us make decisions mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of necessarily being like, you know, this is, this is it. This is the way I move forward. Yes. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. There is a tendency in the astrology, human design, all those types, this, this community that mm. we are, that we are in to, um, mentally attach to these systems of understanding ourselves and be like, this mm. is who I am. It is telling me mm. who to be. There is no room for variation and sort of taking it as gospel. Um, Yes. And that again is Thank you for saying away. the right way. <laughs> I know. I, I think it's because oh. I've seen it happen so many times, but I get it. I yeah, mm. I get it. Um it's it's still disempowering to to deal with astrology in that way and yeah. um or any system mm. in that way. And mm. I think that is why evolutionary astrology stood out to me the most, because it was like mm. it doesn't work like that. Because you very quickly yeah. start to experiment with it, same as the human design system. You very quickly start to experiment with it and realize that even if you try to mentally master it or control every part of it and live by it like gospel, it's just not going to work. Mm. Because you're naturally going to be no. confronted. Yeah, you're 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 naturally going to be confronted by your nuances and how subtle all of these little bits Mm. and pieces are and the um stories in the unconscious mind and the patterns of the nervous system it really isn't just a matter of like i must follow this this is it yeah and using it to override your intuition your inner judgment your Mm. your instincts and what your what your what your body and your soul knows it wants to do Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i prefer to use astrology i i love to i love to say to people that it's like a system that it isn't telling you who to be it's telling Mm -hmm. you who you already are it's already in Mm -hmm. you what we're trying Mm -hmm. to do is understand those the planets at least as parts of self that already exist we yeah. just want to get those parts of self functioning better, meet mm. the needs of those parts of self so that we can function better and meet our own needs. So it's not about, you know, if if I'm a Leo, therefore I must be a actor. I must mm. be a performer. I must mm. be I must do theatre. Something that these are these are the things that are associated with being a Leo. And it's yeah. like, no, there is a part of self that wants to express as the Leo archetype, who wants to be seen, who wants to express, who wants to be a leader or who has leadership capabilities, how can we set that part of self free no matter what you want to do, no matter what the rest of your chart looks like so that Mm. we can be nourished through that and rewarded through that. Like that is so Mm. much more spacious rather than Mm. um, prescriptive. And I would love yeah more people to yeah start interpreting astrology as a system that um just can help you understand 
the archetypes within you, the parts of self that already exist, and let them mm. show you how they want to be expressed. Mm. Yeah, and not gripping on too tightly. Yeah, because mm. the mind, the ego, the unconscious, whatever you want to call it, it's it's going to want to do it perfectly. It's going to want to mm. mentally understand how do I do it? How do I do it? And I'm like, you already mm. know. You already know. Yeah. You just have to practice. <laughs> you have to learn the language of those parts of self and it, mm. it happens naturally. Yeah. Mm. I love that though. I love the idea of, you know, that it's all already there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You have to force it's just it. about harnessing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what does this look like as somebody who is embodying their astrology? What does that look like for you like day to day? Mm. Yeah, look, I learned how to embody my astrology by doing the absolute opposite and what we just talked about and, and mm. using it, which is why I'm, <laughs> I'm so passionate about it, you know, like using it super prescriptively and being like, it has to be like this. And yeah, that, that, yeah, that taught me how it's not meant to be used and that tends to be how I learn anyway. It's like trial mm. by trial. Um, so now it's at a point where I kind of just use it as a um, a life guidance system um, and I like it for parts work as well, a way of yeah. guiding myself through what, I'm, what I desire, what I want mm. more of in my life and understanding um, the parts of my chart as parts of self and how to meet their needs because when I do meet their needs, I'm more likely to get what I want from life. That's essentially mm. when I boil it down, it's mm. kind of, it kind of works like that. Um, mm -hmm. But on a on a day to day basis, the easiest way I've um, I've seen the embodiment of my astrology show up for me as something that I can actually use is in my relationships, especially mm. with my partner. Um, mm. So I have Venus in Capricorn. Um, I have a lot of Capricorn placements but venus especially in capricorn is how we relate um venus in general is yeah the relationship placement what what we need in relationships to ensure our needs are met um what we value in other people what we value in relationships etc so we can use this placement to understand how what's the best way for me to show up mm. for my partner in my relationships and my embodiment journey with astrology has been around embodying the Capricorn archetype in my relationship and as simple as simply as when my partner and I have a disagreement I'm asking myself what would Capricorn do and Capricorn mm. is going to do the thing that is mature and mm. wise and mm -hmm kept together and mm. there's a there's a sense of austerity in Capricorn that's like okay let's pair this back let's, let's simplify things and let's do this like adults that's the maturity part mm. of Capricorn. that alone has given oh, me it's huge <laughs> oh my god like it's massive it's completely changed the course of yeah. our relationship to to understand like my relationships just want me to show up as an adult in them and mm. I just cannot express. There have been so many times where he and I have um, been like, we're, we're probably going to break up. This just isn't sustainable anymore, fighting like cats and dogs. And then now with the wisdom that we have and me understanding him, he has Venus in mm. place. 
you know, I know how to meet his needs. Um, it's com- it's a completely different relationship. It's just we still today, it was last night, we were just looking at each other being like, can you believe how good our relationship is? Can you believe mm. It's like just marvelling at the fact that we got here and being more in love with each other after eight mm. years than we mm. were in at the beginning. And it sounds so simple that, you know, Venus, I understand Venus and Capricorn, but it is it is that simple. It gets yeah, that. it can be yeah. Mm. Just layer that context onto your relationships, the planet mm. relationships, and look what it look what it can give you. Like so mm. that's what I mean by yeah, moving through life um, with it as a navigation system. Mm. Oh God, now I'm going to have to go and look into ours. I can't believe I've never done <laughs> that before. We've been together for 18 years and married for 11, so wow. we must be doing something right. Yeah. And and that's something else I love um, in in client sessions. A lot of people will be like, I have a great relationship and I'll try and understand like what are the qualities that make that such a great relationship and they'll be like, Mm. we just have really great communication or we give give each other a lot of space, whatever it is, whatever whatever they need. And so, yeah. And you can see it. Because that's what we've been told is, yeah. 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 I yeah. was going to say that's why I'm super interested now. I'm like, I need to go and look and see yeah. why this is the reason. <laughs> it, you'll always just find it's because you've been meeting each other's relationship needs. And it, mm. most people, are, like, that this is what sense. I mean. Most, most people are living their astrology naturally. When you're mm. in tune with yeah, yourself well, and when life is flowing, you, you're doing it. Yeah. So it's that yeah. simple. And what about for you? Because obviously now you are, you are a business owner. And so what about when it comes to career or your kind of journey to get, I would love to talk about kind of how you've embodied your astrology in that way and maybe what you were doing previously because I think this can be a struggle that a lot of people have. Yeah, it's it, 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 astrology and these systems are really so helpful for navigating um, new life journeys and things like mm. you know, starting a business and it has mm. really shown up for me yeah running an astrology business and using astrology to to run the business yeah it's been an interesting mm. connection but um the biggest no-brainer for me like I had a lot of career struggles when I was younger a lot of career trauma and, and I mean that literally a lot of mm. abusive managers and workplace bullying mm. and things like that and eventually going deeper into my chart I've got I I realized I've got Chiron in Leo in the 10th house 10th house is the area of Mm. career Chiron is our soul's Mm -hmm. wound and when it's in the sign of Leo there's a wound around sharing your talents your gifts around being seen around expressing your true self and as soon as I saw Mm. that I was like of course it makes sense so I knew the medicine Mm. would be to learn how to be seen share my talents share my gifts and express Mm career and layering that with my um Aquarius sun Aquarius is the sign that rules astrology and it was always just something that I loved diving into but eventually one day in a in a very interesting transit I had Jupiter conjunct my sun and most people who have Jupiter conjunct their sun just feel full of confidence and enthusiasm and um they do things that they wouldn't usually do and that's when I started my business ironically so Mm. that's when I knew that's when I knew sort of the opportunity to to heal that was available and to step into more of my son 
my Aquariusness was available. And that was sort of where it began. Over time, I've sort of mm. seen these other placements, um, their shadows and learn how the certain parts of me function and what they need from me to function better. And interestingly, I've got a lot of Capricorn placements, which previously I just didn't relate to because it's the sign of like, yeah, success and maturity and business and mm. career. And with career trauma, I was kind of like, what? This doesn't make sense. Mm. But it, only when I was willing to step into my son, which is purpose, our magnetism, then mm. did the opportunity come to step into my Capricorn placements. And then I saw this love for business and creating a legacy and that mm. part of me activated. Um, what I've used, what I love especially for work and for business is using Mars and that is something that I have had a interesting relationship with because Mars is how we use our energy, it's what we desire, how we use our energy to move towards what we desire, um, mm -hmm. basically the most efficient use of, of our energy. And Capricorn is known for endurance. It can go the distance and it can burn out yes. because of that. It can just go and go and go to the point of neglecting the needs of the body, just roll mm. ambition. And because I finally found my thing, I did have relentless ambition and I was burning out and I wasn't sleeping and I was just destroying my body at the beginning, just completely mm. pushing it beyond that was necessary because mm so many other reasons in my chart, but um, with time and failing forward and being willing to fuck up and experiment and bruise mm. my ego, I found what it really means to work smarter, not harder with my Mars in Capricorn was to, again, treat it as a marathon, not a sprint. And when you're in a marathon, not a sprint, you've got to conserve your resources. You can't just, mm -hmm. just absolutely bolt for the first 100 metres because you're not going to make it to the end. And that has helped me learn how to just plan my day in, in that way. Capricorn is structure mm. and bones and, you know, planning my day in that way has been really helpful. I really love to stick to a calendar. I love to... Uh, set up time for rest I'd set up time for like mm. three hours of a three hour essentially lunch break every day mm -hmm. um and time to work and all the all of the things that structure has given me so much spaciousness and mm. permission to understand that the most effective way for me to work is to take the long game this is about mm. it's about mastery for me it's yeah. about chipping away brick by brick, creating this, this castle, this legacy that I'm creating rather than, mm. rather than a sprint. And now I'm creating a business that gives back to me. And I think it's, a, yeah, I'm, I'm gaining energy from it because mm -hmm. it's regenerative. Mm -hmm. And that is just a testament for me, at least for just really understanding what is the Capricorn archetype and understanding the nuances and just 
experimenting with it and seeing what it could give me. And mm. now I, yeah, I'm, I'm working, I don't know, five hours a day or something and mm. so much time for play and rest and creativity and to watch fucking Netflix in the middle of the day if I want to. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and more than ever, more connected to my mission and my legacy. So that's, it's, it's really just showing me that that's how it was meant to be. So mm. I use that the most for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. That's like everything I believe in when it comes to business and being a yeah. founder. And yeah, so I love how you've kind of tied in astrology, but I just feel like that is just so relevant for anyone who has a business. Um we just cannot, it is so harmful for us, I think, just to continue pushing and pushing and pushing. And when you have your own business, it is, it can be really tricky, you know, and I've experienced in this in the past as well, like, you know, I've got some time, I should be doing this or I should be doing that, or this is my work time. You know, I've got to absolutely maximize and be as productive as possible. And it, I know like, because I have experience, I have experienced burnout. It doesn't, work it's not sustainable you can't you just you can't do it Mm. um so yeah being able to kind of look to our astrology as another way of yeah understanding how we can um and maybe what's most beneficial for us when it comes to how we show up in our work and our businesses I love that exactly um but yeah overall I just think this is that's an essential message for everyone to Mm. hear totally totally um so yeah so thank you for that um I know that um because you mentioned earlier and I I've been wanting to get into this this is like the thing I've been so excited to talk to you about (laughs) is um astrology and the nervous system so I would love for you to talk about how the two are connected Mm. um and and how you are integrating all of that in the way that you're working with your clients and yeah. and in your you know community space yeah 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 um so this whole yeah bridging those two worlds to me has been a long time coming I definitely when I started my business I knew I wanted to work at the intersection of what conditioning is interfering with us embodying the best mm. of our astrology receiving the gifts that live in our in our birth chart and I just didn't know quite how I'm certified in, in hypnotherapy. I'm knew I wanted to use some sort of subconscious root cause modality. Um, but Mm. I just couldn't quite figure out how the pieces, um, fit together. And over time in client sessions, and especially I was going through, as I was going through my own nervous system journey, I just started noticing people have these fantastic placements in their chart that can give them everything that they are looking for, that can be used as tools and life hacks to mm. the, the path of least resistance to their to their ultimate goal, you know, whether it be to start a family or to start a business or to write a book. There's, I would mm. just see so much there, but what they were describing to me was their nervous system not feeling safe uh, or not feeling like it was mm. realistic to pursue what that in a way that was right for them. So mm-hmm. people who end up going after the wrong partners compulsively, people who mm. um, just find that they don't have the 
the mental discipline or the mental clarity to sit down and write the book and me just sitting here going, it's their nervous systems, it's their nervous systems, it's conditioning that they receive from their primary caregiver. We inherit our nervous systems from our primary caregiver in the first seven years of our life. Of course, these are going to be like root cause problems standing in the way of the things that they want because it's shit, yeah. I just saw this sort of unfold and went, okay, maybe it's not just the subconscious mind and hypnotherapy that I need to be weaving into my my work but the nervous system and Mm. now training in this all these somatic modalities and now looking to study somatic experiencing the therapy that is and has given me um, access to my body and my somatic wellness Mm. now I'm seeing it take shape and um, being able to help my clients not just repattern their minds which sometimes is necessary with hypnotherapy mind modalities of the mind but repattern their bodies to access Mm. a felt sense and experience and understanding of safety so that they can do the hard thing so that they can choose a partner that's better for them so that they can sit down and look at the bank account that they might have been avoiding, you know, to fix their finances so that they can um, start a creative project and be and have the bravery and ability to vulnerably be seen. And that has just made so much more of a difference to, to, to teach people that they can resource themselves into what they desire. Um, mm-hmm. it started with me just experimenting with that without really understanding how and why the two connected. And it's a very weird story. I remember I was in the, I was in the cinema with my partner. We were watching Avatar 2 and I just remember it's such a beautiful movie and the story is just mm-hmm. so beautiful. And I just remember sitting there and almost almost like a a download or a vision or something, I don't know what you want to call it, but just flooded my brain and I just saw um, the natal chart as like almost like the inscription on the needs of the nervous system. The natal chart is what the nervous system needs to actualize its potential for the soul to, to do mm-hmm. what it came to earth to do and eventually just went down this rabbit hole of researching astrology in the nervous system. There's barely anyone talking about it. So I'm sitting there going, fuck, how am I going to figure this out? I found this one, uh, he's a astrophysics PhD in the UK and he has two books that are titled to the effect, um, the scientific basis of astrology. And being a major dork with lots of air placements and all my Capricorn placements who want the evidence and who want the who want it to be realistic mm-hmm. and who don't want the bullshit. Um, the fact he's an astrophysicist and a lecturer at a university mm-hmm. made me get that gave me the assurance that I needed. And I'm reading his explanation and of how it works. He's going into such great lengths, and then I get to the end, nearly the end of the book, and he's talking about electromagnetic fields and he's talking about 
how the planets are all electromagnet have have electromagnetic fields and we are mm-hmm. swimming in electromagnetism at all times you know every single cell and particle all matter every molecule on earth has is is dic- is dictated by electromagnetism um and in terms of his explanation for how astrology worked it is that the nervous system is an electromagnetic system so our nervous system through the vagus nerve through the nerve cells in our body is sending information or messenger cells to and from the body and brain using electromagnetic currents so Mm. his theory is that is how the electromagnetism and the information in that electromagnetism in the planets gives us information directs us Mm. into experiences that are right for us, influences our psyche, influences our behaviours and our lives. And when he explained it like that, I just remember my world falling apart, just like, (laughs) this is it. I've had so many of those this is it moments and that was was another one. And it just explained yeah explained made so much sense yeah 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 and now here I am just pioneering his theory which yeah yeah wow and so interesting too because with the vagus nerve being connected to our gut I imagine that you know if we have that kind of gut dysbiosis going on we they don't they're not that's it are we not yeah we're not picking them up or they're not actually able to travel back and forth yeah Mm. totally we've got a hundred neurons in the lining of our gut so a hundred million brain cells in our gut and the vagus nerve travels through all of the major organs you know it starts Mm -hmm. in our brain it goes through our Mm -hmm. lungs through our heart to our liver to our intestines it touches in women it in female physiology touches the cervix it innervates mm. the entire body mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. naturally we are, if we are holding trauma in these areas if we are holding dysregulation mm. in these areas dysbiosis in these areas of course the nervous system is going to receive for lack of better wording mixed signals of course something to fear with our ability to tune into the information mm. that is captured in the electromagnetism of the planets, of course we're not going to be able to attune to the highest expression of our natal chart because our nervous system Mm. is too busy being dysregulated. So Mm. my work is around finding regulation, creating space and capacity in the nervous system so that one Mm. can process the dysregulation that is going on and two, Mm. so that it can still do and lean into the highest expression of the soul, the soul's desires, the destiny that we came here to actualize. When we have enough space in the nervous system to do it, we can heal and we can move towards the things that we want in life. So to me, it's, yeah, to me, it's a matter of without the nervous system, there is no astrology. They are, they have to attune to each other. Mm. Yeah. Cause I, I've, you've described it as, you know, um, receiving guidance from the universe so I imagine now that all that all makes sense yeah that was one of my questions for you but you've kind of answered it through that amazing explanation yeah I feel like I'm having a this is it moment with this as well. <laughs> 
Because, you know, I've read, I've read like mind gut connection and food mood can, you know, like I've read all these books in terms of like that understanding from a nutritional point of view, because that is my jam. Mm. But it is so fascinating and just makes so much sense to me to hear you explain it in that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. When you Mm. layer it um, with electromagnetism, of course, you know, we're swimming Mm. in, we are being showered Mm. in neutrino cosmic particles from the universe at all times we are swimming in electromagnetism of course that is yeah what's going to interfere with um the expression of astrology it it, yeah i feel you it just kind of makes everything make sense when you see it like that yeah Mm. absolutely oh so what does the somatic support kind of look like tangibly Mm. um that you provide yeah. I mean, you you spoke obviously about um, how you, you know, have the hypnosis, you um, intertwine that in your offering, but I would love for you, because I mean, obviously uh, being inside your membership, I have an understanding, but I would mm-hmm. just love for you to explain a little bit about what that might look like. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing with nervous system dysregulation is that if we have past traumatic experiences, big or small, that are unprocessed, Um, if Mm. we have survival energy that wasn't able to fully express in the past, the place that that lives, it doesn't just go away. It doesn't just, you, Mm -hmm. you don't just move on and forget it. The place that that lives and is stored is inside our bodies. Mm. And that is, especially because the nervous system, the superhighway of the nervous system is the vagus nerve, that creates a whole host of downstream problems to, you know, mm-hmm. heart function, lung function, gut function, all, mm-hmm. all of the things that the, nerv- that the nervous system touches. The real issue, I suppose, is that we don't know how to complete these um, sensations. You know, if we're feeling, mm. if we were a child and we were feeling extremely angry, but our, but our primary caregiver told us to be a, be a good boy. Don't, don't. Mm. Don't get angry. Go go to the, go to yeah. your room or something like that. All of that survival stress, for lack of a better wording, that mm-hmm. anger is bubbling up inside of you, and the only place it can go is deeper inside. So we learn mm. to suppress our instincts instead of expressing a healthy emotion, which a healthy emotion is anger, and mm-hmm. we are conditioned to do, to do that for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of the work that I'm teaching people to do is to fully complete a sensation, to fully complete an energetic Mm. expression like anger so that it no longer gets stuck in the body and is stored in the nervous system's dysregulation. So Mm. um, in my membership, for example, and with my one-on-one clients, a lot of the processes I'm prescribing are ways of teaching people how to relearn healthy emotional expression how to feel what the body is experiencing Mm. again how and then it's safe to do so exactly exactly detaching Mm. the fear and the judgment and the stigma from these heavy yet natural human emotions um Mm. teaching people how to process anger teaching people where safety lives in their body um all we're doing is yeah building awareness of 
the body's mm. intelligence because the nervous system is the most intelligent part of the body. It's our body's command center. It permeates our entire lived experience. And we are mm-hmm. this this epidemic that I was talking about has taken us so far away from our body's innate wisdom that it is creating mm-hmm. a downstream chaotic force of destruction resulting in mm-hmm. chronic illness, chronic trauma that we're trying to mm-hmm. slap band-aids on um, mm-hmm. without actually mm-hmm. asking, could it just be that when I was a kid I needed to run away from a, a spooky dog yeah. bird and I wasn't able to run away and that that mm. flight instinct is still caught in my body could it be that yeah. simple and it is that simple so that's what yeah. I try to simplify for people just to mm. their simple basic primal sensations of their body and setting them free mm. Mm. I love that yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of um, a lot of what Gabor Mate speaks about, like when he speaks about disease or you know disease mm. or disease in the body and the root causes of that, and just yeah, yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about your membership mm. because it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I think you. you've done such a brilliant job. Um, and so I would love for you to kind of explain, I suppose, like why you decided to create it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. The number one reason I wanted to create the Astrology Embodiment Membership was to teach people how to embody their astrology first and foremost, mm. to go beyond just knowing about their charts and knowing about astrology to learning living it yeah <laughs> embodying it living it every single day yeah um and that has sort of been the guiding direction for the work that i do mm. there and the way i teach people to do that is in a whole host of a whole host of things that i, I, I that i do in that space a couple of mm. the things that we do regularly are the moon medicine ceremonies which are live group calls on the new and full moon mm-hmm. where we we attune to nature's rhythms. We attune to these cosmic cycles mm. through the astrology and understanding how it uh, applies to our birth chart. And then we create somatic resources and subconscious resources so that it feels safe and realistic for us to actually mm. attune to these cycles. Mm. So that, you know, if it is a beautiful time to be quote unquote manifesting or creating these beautiful outcomes in your life, that we actually are positioned to receive that somatically because mm. our bodies feel safe to to do the thing, to do the yeah. thing, you know. So that's that's the um, the main thing that we're doing in this space. Beyond mm-hmm. that, it's just a, essentially a library of teaching you mm. all, you know, transits that might come up, like the north and south nodes moving into Aries and Libra, teaching people what that means for them, um, mm. what it means to actually embody and do Aries every day and physiologically and behaviorally so that people can understand how these archetypes want to express in their lives and what they can give us when we mm. allow them to express. Um, and everything else is, yeah, 
a, a, a library of my unique yeah. methods of like understanding evolutionary astrology and learning how to translate your birth chart into something that is mm. applicable to your daily life. Mm. Mm. And I, I mean, being a part of the membership, I can see so many correlations, I think, between what you offer in there. And for me, like what the pillars are for embodying, you know, our versions of a nourished woman, so many of the things we've already discussed here. So mm. yeah, I've, I've definitely noticed that, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out and have this conversation with you. Um, I know that you're an advocate for obviously physical wellness, um, nutrition you speak about resistance training as well mm. and just overall health yeah. um as you know a foundation that we need so that we are able to you know actualize all of this knowledge mm. um that we gain through a modality like astrology um so I'd love for you to talk about that and kind of maybe how that looks for you mm. yeah yeah I think this is People, it's it's so strange this wellness space. It's it seems that the mind, body, and spirit they sometimes intersect, but a lot of the time people are seeing them as separate entities that mm. go with each other, or that we nurture them separately. Mm -hmm. And yeah, in my experience, that is just not the case. Um, I I definitely think the body has been neglected for sure, but. It is mm. sort of like the glue between mind, body, and spirit all functioning best. And I think the reason I was drawn to the body and wellness and health was obviously through my health struggles, when I, mm -hmm. especially when I was younger, especially in my early 20s, that I was drawn to understanding how my body actually works and what it needs and how mm. I haven't been giving it what it needs how I haven't been nourishing it and now mm -hmm. at 31 arriving at a place where I'm really understanding it on a cellular metabolic like energy mm. level and able to give it what it needs mm. in ways that were never taught to me and now thriving yeah. so it's it's yeah it's been a long it's been a long journey with trying to resolve long-standing issues you know going through western medicine going through dietitians going through health coaches uh eastern medicine functional medicine naturopaths and mm -hmm. um <laughs> a long yeah honestly a long journey of experimenting with the trial and error and yeah as painful as it's been yeah i have i have acquired so much knowledge on what I, and what I think at least most people's physiology needs to thrive. And from my perspective, it's that mm. we're all so undernourished in mm -hmm. ways we can barely quantify. And it's, I'm going to say epidemic, <laughs> epidemic again, but damn, we are just yeah. starved for soul level nourishment. Um, so mm -hmm. Now that I'm in that place, um, I'm finding that the more I do nervous system work alongside taking better care of my health and my body um, and nourishing it more, that mm. that ripple effect is just spreading throughout my entire life. It's happening at the same mm. time that my career is thriving, that my relationships are thriving, that 
I'm feeling aligned to my, my, my purpose and my mission and life feels meaningful. All of these things just seem to be like a domino mm. effect the more I work on it. So in terms of day-to-day at least, my routines have just, again, I've acquired these over so much so much experiment experimentation with time. My daily practices, I'm constantly making sure that I'm just meeting the bottom line in my body in ways that seem, mm. again, so incredibly simple, but they are mm. so neglected. Like, yes, it's just, it's hydration. It's <laughs> just like, I think people. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like pretty much everyone, no, I wouldn't say everyone around me, but at one point in my life, which is part of the reason why I wanted to start like talking about this is because I, I've seen it in myself, but even so many of my clients, like just basic needs, yeah. basic needs, like having enough water, yep. just not being met. Yep. Um, and it was kind of crazy to me that, yeah, like it is, it can actually be really simple, at least when you first get started. Yeah. Just drink water. It's so, <laughs> it can be so easy, but it's like this whole space mm. is so much glamorized. Well, yeah. Like making it trendy. Yes. And, and there's so much information yes. as well. I think it's like an overwhelm of information. Mm. And then it's like, but where do I even start? Okay. I just, I just won't bother, you know, but then to I just, me, it's, it's too like, much. I can't do it. Of course we don't know where to start if we're disconnected from our bodies, you know, how are we going to well, yes. know what they need if we don't know how to even mm-hmm. listen to what they need? Like only mm-hmm. now, because like, that, mm-hmm. that, that was me. I was definitely like just obsessive with resolving my issues to the point where I tried everything and Mm. I was only trying everything and making myself worse because I didn't know what my body was telling me it needed and Mm. I suppose now like after getting it wrong so many times only now have I realized what my body really needs so even I, I hope at least that if if people are trying all of the things and then and they're not working that they can at least have hope in knowing that mm. at some point at least if you're doing the somatic work you will come to awareness mm. of what is right for you but it's not an overnight yeah. thing no the no overnight. it's a long game but the yeah. overnight thing like damn just drink some just just drink some damn water well, yes yeah, that is some yeah that's something you can do now that is something you could do now yeah, it's oh so gosh. simple. Like there's this like obviously those those simple practices for me um are massive. I I still take a massive mm. supplementation protocol because I've still got some heavy issues that need resolving. And right now, mm. supplementation is the way that I am band-aiding them while I address the root cause. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I take a a lot of supplements to ensure that I'm methylating correctly. I have a lot of, I have the MTHFR mm. mutation um, that caused me, that mm. was sort of triggered and sort of spiraled out of control when I went to deep down a vegan lifestyle, which I wish was right mm. for me, but just wasn't right for me. Um, mm. Mm. I take yeah. a lot of things for liver clearance, processing, um, detoxing things from my body. I do a lot of things for my lymph my lymphatic flow in my body Mm. um Mm -hmm. fitness is just such a again a simple thing 
lifting mm-hmm. weights, not even religiously. Like I'm not, I'm not in there, you know, deadlifting 100 kilos. I'm just going to no. the gym, moving yep. my body, um, yep. teaching my body that it can move things, it can do mm-hmm. things. And the medicine that has given my nervous system mm. of just going mm. to the gym and doing a 30 kilo squat with a barbell. Yeah. Once or twice a week, maybe, maybe do some, do some, um, maybe sh- a shoulder press and, and, and challenge myself a yeah. little bit. Yeah. That, yeah. To my nervous system mm. has been more medicinal than any form of cold plunging and breath work and, you know, juice cleansers yeah. and all of, and all of those yeah. things. It's, yeah. It's huge. And this is the, I I feel like this comes up in a lot of these conversations. It's like giving ourselves the evidence, you know, and I think that's why it can be a simple, well, that's why it can and potentially should be just a simple start, whatever it is. And you just consistently give yourself new evidence that, as you said, your body is safe, that you can do something, that you can be, you can meet a challenge and come out the other side. Um, and how empowering, you know, oh, God, my God, even if, even if we're not, and then and it again, only grows from is, there. Exactly. Exactly. Cause mm. we're building, we're building evidence and the more evidence that the yeah. subconscious mind, the nervous system has, the more likely mm. it is to populate itself. Like we don't mm. have to do the mm. thing. It, we have just taught yeah. our bodies that by having strength, by being able to walk mm. or jog or lift something mm. heavy, your nervous system is receiving yep. that as I know how to fight or flight if I need to. Mm-hmm. I know how to, mm-hmm. like, it's on a primal basis, I know how to protect myself from a predator. Do you know how fucking massive yep. that is for the nervous system to <laughs> have that skill? Like I really think people, mm. it's so easy to forget that it, it gets to be it gets to be simple and the body mm. look for the ways that it is safe if we if we help it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Gosh, I love this so much. Um, I would love to know, I've just got a few more questions before we finish, but I'd love to know what community, because this is a really important pillar, I think, connection and community. And so I'd love to know what that looks like in your everyday reality. Mm. It's been something that I always now I can see that I always craved and I always just being have, mm. having a few Aquarius placements in my chart, always feeling like an outsider and always feeling like I didn't belong and early life experiences of, 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 of feeling rejected and misunderstood, so mm. typical to the Aquarius archetype um, to the point of now just knowing it's because I hadn't found my people and I hadn't mm. found my thing. And now what my business has given me of community is just unbelievable mm. for the child version of me who was just craving to be seen and understood uh, by people who yeah. are like-minded. And now I'm running a business with that is a community in itself the instagram community is a community in itself of people who i know i can show up and just be the most unfiltered authentic version of me and that they're going to get it and yeah creating 
astrology embodiment membership in AM, people who not only get me, but want to hear what I have to mm. say and they want to do this work with mm. me and they, they see the world in the same way as me and that we're in this together, mm. that has been mm. wild. Um, that's one thing. Yeah. I'm I'm so critical of social media and the internet. I kind of wish it didn't existed, but exist. But at the same time, I'm so so thankful that I've been able to to use it in this way to see mm. where I fit in that in that greater social landscape. It's yeah, it's quite wild. But yeah, beyond that, in real life, finally finding a sense of belonging with my family. And my circle, mm. I keep it extremely small. My circle has yeah. shrunk so it is so small mm. and it is so precious to me that that is what feels like home now. And mm. knowing that it feels like enough is just so freeing. Mm. Yeah, for the for the young version of me who never really felt like there was a anywhere that she could really be herself it's a it's a miracle arriving here yeah now. <laughs> mm. I love that and you know your point about um being in the journey as well that is I feel that from being inside the space it's like you are so open and honest about kind of what you're experiencing with the various you know transits and things going on <laughs> like, mm. You're doing it, you know, you're yeah. doing the thing. You're experiencing all the things alongside us. So, yeah. Yeah. Got to be honest. I love you know, that so we're much. We're all in this together. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. But I think that is what, I don't know, I think, you know, obviously like the men mentor space or coaching space can have a bit of a hierarchy feeling to it. Mm -hmm. And although you are definitely someone who is already embodying their astrology um, and, you know, a leader in that respect, it is a beautiful thing to, you know, be doing, be in the journey together. I think that's really important. Yeah, I, I just feel I owe it to anyone, to my, especially to my community, for them to see that it's that it is it's an it's an ongoing life journey. It's not a destination, and there's mm. no better way for me to express that than the authentic truth of what it looks like to be mm. in the human experience. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to talk just quickly about food, but mm. in a fun, in a mm. fun way. Mm. Um, what is your relationship with food? Like, are you a cook? Do you, cause I mean, you've got yes. some beautiful Mediterranean heritage, Yes, yes. <laughs> which I feel like I'm certain I was a nonna in a past life, yeah. even though I haven't done my DNA, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's no Italian in there anywhere, <laughs> unfortunately, but I would love to know. Yeah. Like, do you cook? And yep. Yeah. Do you come from like a lineage of cooks? I'm just yeah, yeah. fascinated. No, great questions. Um, food is definitely and always has been sort of part of my family's way of mm -hmm. of showing love and love. connecting yeah. and continuing like cultural traditions. And mm -hmm. back then to me, um, when I was a kid, Showing up to school with fucking a salami sandwich was in the living living in the Shire, which is a very white town. Was um yeah yeah yeah. It was so embarrassing to me. Like, mom, can you just give me some Vegemite? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that going from that oh, to yeah now, where I'm like, fuck yeah, 
Like, I yeah. wear this <laughs> Give me all. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I wear it with pride now. So it's been a, yeah. it's been a long journey. But, um, yeah. But in both sides, on my dad's side and my mum's side, my mum is Spanish, my dad is Croatian. They were born there. Mm-hmm. Um, since this, even in our baby videos, just seeing us at my grandparents' house on my dad's side, just eating the same foods that we still eat mm-hmm. today. Um, yes. Standing on the kitchen table with my grandma making her version of pizza and desserts and cakes mm-hmm. and stuff, just flour. I still remember the flour tins and just trying to help her do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and on my mum's side, every Christmas Eve, the Spanish tradition is Christmas Eve is the Christmas celebration. Okay. Mm-hmm. So many of us, nearly 50 of us just – gathering over foods that my mum has four sisters so they all Mm. share the cooking and the same foods that we just look forward to so much because we only eat them once a year and Mm. that is now so sacred to me that Mm. I I can't describe it and it's only something that food has the ability to do things like that um amen yeah (laughs) so it's still it still has that kind of role for me even though I'm not everyday cooking you know croquettes and empanadas and stuff like that at home I'm now food especially after my health challenges when I was younger too food was so difficult for me because everything was Mm. reaction little did I know that my nervous system was just so fucked that there was no wonder I wasn't going to digest anything Um, yeah with my nervous system journey getting to a point where I'm like oh it doesn't have to be like that no I don't Mm. there's there's no need to um there's no there's no good and or bad foods you know looking at a looking at a clove of garlic which is so intrinsic to my family's culture and growing Mm. up with gut issues being like I can't have that that's bad is just not the case. It's just mm. it's just so much more nuanced to this. But now, finally, being in yes. a position where I can and know how to give my body what it's asking for, and mm. feel good in giving that to myself. Mm. So now, my relationship with food is um, eat everything, <laughs> um, and eat in the ways that my body is asking me to eat. I am a Mm. big believer in um following what is at the root of a craving or what is that mm-hmm. asking myself if i could eat anything right now for lunch dinner breakfast whatever what would it be knowing that the mm. foods that i'm instinctively drawn to that taste the best that mm. have the right textures whatever that that is what my body is that's that's the nutrition my body is asking for yes yes that, following that instinct oh my god Mm. like it is so underrated um Mm -hmm. and people saying you know what if I'm craving cake what if I'm craving chocolate it's like I still it's not it's not the cake or the chocolate or something that's unhealthy whatever your Mm. body's craving nutrition your body is craving regulation or some in some way if if your blood sugar is completely whack and you're going through these spikes Mm -hmm. famine of course your body's going to be seeking foods that lower your cortisol that quickly Mm -hmm. i don't Mm -hmm. i don't see it as as cake or whatever i see it as my body is seeking regulation and yeah 
now I've learned, especially with um, learning from other people um, in the wellness space who have actually helped my mental health and my nervous system. I love Jessica Ash Wellness. I love mm-hmm. Living Roots Wellness, two people mm-hmm. um, on Instagram who are really speaking to like the intuitive, energetic ways of living. Yes. They've taught me just to eat more, girl. Like most of us yes. need to be eating <laughs> more damn food. And the more I eat, the better mm. my health gets, the better my mm. sleep gets, the better my nervous mm-hmm. system gets. And now it's um, it feels like an abundant way of approaching food and, and wellness yes. in knowing that. Mm. When my when my cells are happy, mm-hmm. my entire body is going to be happy, mm. and that to me is what it really means to live like in communion with my body. This is like a sacred yes. connection, and to me, food is now the most powerful way of meeting those needs. Mm. Honestly, <laughs> I love that so much. I feel the exact same way. I'm like, food is my love language. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it just comes back to needing that, you know, that mind-body connection so that you're able to do that. And exactly. I know like, you know, having having done some nutrition study that I think the future of nutrition is intuitive, you know, and personalised and not, we know like it's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. There are definitely things that we know will, you know, um, kind of help with our hormonal health or whatever it might be. Yep. Um but overall, you need to have that that connection to your body to understand, as you beautifully put it, like what it is my body needs right now. What nutrients does it need? What is it yeah. asking of me? Yeah. Um, which, yeah, just comes back to that point. So mm. thank you so much. That was just the most wonderful answer. <laughs> it is my <laughs> I just pleasure. I love that so much. Um, I have one last question for you, which is something that I ask everyone. It's just a fun one to end on. Mm. And that is if you could eat one meal, I feel like I already know the answer to this, Mm -hmm. Um, for the rest of your days, what would it be? It's probably, look, there's obviously everyone's going to say, there's so many, how can I choose? Um, There's so many like foods for my family my culture that I would love to mm. but in terms of the most versatile one it's got to be pasta it's got to be pasta yeah. <laughs> there's so there's many variations been, exactly there's been a lot of um a lot of pasta there's been a lot of pasta responses yeah there's just so I much there's so much you can do especially like and, and I'm such a food snob when it comes to um cult- cultural foods but like when you go to Italy and you the different regions you see how many different ways there are to do pasta that it's just oh it's endless yeah you could never get rid of it (laughs) you might be never no that's so true that's so true oh thank you so much thank you for all of your beautiful honest answers and for really going there i really appreciate it um and thank you for the work you're doing in the world and for am it is wonderful and i love being inside there Thank and you. Yeah, just thank you for taking the time to sit with me today. No, it is my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I've been looking forward to this for a, a long time, a deep, real, robust conversation. So thank you so much. <laughs>
You're welcome. I remember when Corey and I finished this conversation, I felt like I couldn't get up off of my seat. I sat there in contemplation for what felt like forever, but was only about five minutes. This conversation was so expansive, so many light bulb moments, and I hope you experience that as well. You simply have to explore Corey's body of work. I have linked her website and Instagram in the show notes, so please go and connect with her. If something in this conversation resonated, landed, or blew your mind, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already hit follow or rated the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Nourish Woman. I hope something in this conversation resonated with you. And if so, please share it with a friend. You can hit follow or write a review or simply share on social media. It would be amazing. Thank you so much again for listening. Until next time, take care of yourself.